ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm very excited today, as I am always, of my guests to have with me Cam Knight. Cam, Cam and I met over Zoom, story of my life, and uh, I'm very excited about the work that he's doing. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background on Cam, and then we'll get into the conversation. Cam is a coach, a writer, and an author of several best-selling books in the area of mental performance, such as memory, concentration, and productivity. I'm going to leave his story to him for a little bit, the details of that, and get him to share that with you. But what I will say is that um, over the past 15 years, he has dedicated his life to understanding, exploring, and managing what was going on for him and was a problem in his life. And in his quest, he says he left no stone unturned and was willing to go anywhere and try anything including, and this is really exciting, working with shamans in the jungles of the Amazon, experimenting with innovative plants in Africa, visiting ashrams in Asia, and everything in between. He, he gained great insight into the mind and human condition that is unparalleled, and what goes on inside and how different drives and mechanisms affect our thoughts, actions, and decisions. His writings, books, and courses are a distillation of what he's learned on his incredible journey so far. So welcome, Cam. Welcome to my Relationships Rule podcast. Thank you, Janice. I'm really happy to be here, and thank you for having me on. My pleasure. I'd like to start with really your background, your story, because I think it does frame everything else really well, and I wanted you to be able to tell it. So go ahead. Okay, great. So... For as far back as I can remember, I've had an unquiet mind. I had trouble sitting still, organizing my thoughts. My mind would be racing and more or less spinning out of control. And I had really a lot of challenges interacting and doing anything that involved the mind. And when people hear this, they usually assume ADD. Mm -hmm. And I were only ADD. <laughs> Because my emotions were kind of cycling out of control. My feelings were um, spinning like intensely up and down. And when people hear that, they think bipolar. And honestly, Janice, I wish I were only bipolar. It was wow. much more severe and intense than that. And what's interesting is, you know, this is as far back as I can remember. So when I was young, mm -hmm. when you're young, this behavior is tolerated and almost expected, you know, to an extent. And me and like most people thought that it was something I'd grow out of. But I didn't. As I got older, it kind of got more worse and got more intense. And by the time I graduated college, it really affected all areas of my life, academically, professionally, relationship-wise. And, you know, I've kind of self-sabotaged myself in all of these areas. 
And I just couldn't understand why. Well, well just stop there for one second. But you yeah. graduated from college. So all of this in your way, you still managed to graduate from college. I find that amazing. Yeah, well, it wasn't easy. Um, luckily, I just have a lot of drive. I'm a very driven person. And so it required much more work and effort than the average person. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, it literally took all my will to kind of force myself to be able to sit through class or to study long enough to be able to do well on an exam and, and whatnot. And again, I thought, okay, you know, this is an issue while I was in high school. And once I got to college, things will get better. And once I got to college, I'm like, well, you know, it's just because it's school and studying. But once I graduate, everything <laughs> will work itself out. And then once I graduated, it was a matter of getting a job. And once I got the job, it still was like pretty per pervasive. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that it was time to actually start doing something about it. So I reached out to, as most people who have like a challenge, we start looking at self-help material, personal development stuff. And it gets us on a path. But a lot of the stuff that I was coming across wasn't really helpful for me. I think the content was good, but if you had like the self-control, the discipline, and not a raging mind to be able to apply it, it would work. But for me, um, I had all that stuff going on, so right. it just wasn't useful for me. I mean, I could see it being useful for other people, it just wasn't. And this more or less got me on a journey to just try anything. I had a mindset where any anything that came my way, any technique, any system, any process, or anything was of help, even medicines, I would try. And this led me to a journey of traveling through across 100 countries and doing these experiences and getting to a point where now I'm here doing a podcast with you. <laughs> well, and you said um, in that last bit that you just shared, you said, even medicine. So as a mother, my first thought would be, oh my God, I have to take Cam to the doctor. I have to see if something can help. Now, was there, was that not, was that an option? Was that something that happened in your youth or was it, that's not the route we ever want to take? Well, you know, I come from India, which is very different from the mindset here. Like they don't really think about or talk about psychology or medicine in terms of that respect. And I come from a part of India. It's kind of one of the poorest parts of India. Oh, so when I moved to America, I just, it wasn't even in my reality to go that, that, that route. I didn't even think about oh, it. Oh, okay. So that, that, that piece was missing for me. So your childhood was in India. When I was oh, young, I wasn't there. But yeah. when I, I moved to America when I was seven, but oh. It was that mentality, sure. you know what I'm saying? It was yes, that of course, of course. You know, you weren't brought up with that in, in your family and, and the, so forth. It was more spiritual, perhaps, and more, what's Ayurvedic medicine? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Ayurvedic would be the medicine that's, it's a big medicine over there. Right. So the concepts are much more spiritual than, you know, when we're then thinking about it in terms of psychological or whatnot. Right. So Western medicine wasn't the answer anyway, because they were all, all they were doing was giving, they're all giving medications, which really just hides the, 
the symptoms and doesn't go to the cause. So I get it. But, um, but it still would have been a a worry as a parent for me to, and not knowing what to do. But I, I'm actually, I was fascinated by your story because, because in a, in a sense, you being without realizing it probably at the time, you're, you're an entrepreneur, your entrepreneurial mind um, definitely helped you like your mindset was you wanted to do something with yourself and you wanted to um, despite what was going on. And so that's what probably you didn't give up, which is really quite interesting. So what was the trigger? What, what eventually changed things for you and took you on the path of um, writing these amazing books? Well, the trigger was, well, like I said, a lot of the content I came across wasn't really helpful for me personally. Right. But there are a few techniques that really helped me out a lot. In fact, they're kind of the foundation to what I, a lot of what I write about. Okay. And one of them is self-talk or affirmations. Okay. There is visualization. And luckily, I came across these extremely early on. Actually, one of the first things I came across were these things. And they kind of helped me get enough self-control to be able to do the things that I wanted, at, I believe how, regardless of how hard it was. And I came to this starting realization. I'm like, these techniques are extremely useful. Why is nobody talking about them? <laughs> Why is nobody using them? Because if they can use them, they could have a profound shift on people's lives. So in a way, I felt like it was my job to spread the word, the word about these techniques. And the way to do that was to write a book which is what I did. My first two, my earlier books were on self-talk and visualization. So I'm just curious, um, when it comes to visualization, was there somebody in particular that was teaching that? Was there a mentor out there that, that really grabbed you? You know, it's really interesting. So the reason I got into these techniques is when I was starting my first job after college, mm-hmm. I was extremely nervous because it was a difficult time economically and you know after a lot of different interviews i finally got a job and i wanted to make sure i keep it yeah so before you know the three weeks i had before the job started i was just a wreck i was a i was just a nervous wreck and i was at barnes and nobles one day at the audio section and this is back before mp3s or even cds when audio was on tape And there were two audios that caught my attention, overcoming fear and anxiety and managing, and managing stress. And I'm like, I need that. So I bought the tapes and I listened to them. And what they turned out to be are self-talk and guided visualization um, tapes. So they weren't like techniques on how to overcome it. They were right. just self-talk. And I would listen to them each night and affirm the statements that they had uh-huh. me affirm and then do the visualization exercises. And they really, really worked. And then a few years later, I came across a book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Okay. It's a fairly famous book, but it was written, I think, back in the 60s. So I don't think it's as well known now. Sure. And he was talking about, you know, self-talk or affirmations and visualizations to a certain extent. And I'm like, hey, I do that. <laughs> and then I realized that it was actually a thing. Like these tapes weren't just some magical stuff. Like there's a lot of science behind it. 
And then the more books I read, the more I heard this stuff being talked about. Mm -hmm. In fact, Napoleon Hill, his book, Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. he talked about affirmations. And that book was written, you know, almost 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that these concepts weren't something new that I came across, or they weren't something that was um, just unique to me, but something sure. that a lot of development experts over the years have talked about. And so that validated for me how important these techniques were. That's awesome. So um, your newest book, I want to just, yeah. let's start there. Uh, concentration, maintain laser sharp focus and attention for stretches of five hours or more. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to be focused for five hours or more? Well, you know, every year there seems to be a new personal development expert or guru that comes out and preaches that they have the solution to success and achievement and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, some will, uh, some will claim that it's assertiveness. Others will claim that it's motivation. Some will say it's understanding your emotions. But personally, I believe that it's concentration. Okay. I think concentration is the most important skill that we can develop as human beings. Because without concentration, we can't do anything else. You know, we can't read a book. We can't listen to this podcast and mm -hmm. pay attention to the advice that's coming at us. We can't sit at a lecture or an event and take in the information that the speaker is trying to impart. And more importantly, we can't stick with something long enough to finish it or to see it to its end. So I personally think concentration is the most important skill that we humans can develop. And it's a skill that matters more than any other skill. And it's even important to relationships because if we don't pay attention to the people we're interacting with and talking with, then those interactions and relationships can only go so far. I was, I, that's exactly what I was thinking when, when you were talking about it is that it, it actually is a key to something that's really important in my life. And that is teaching people how to build relationships with people. And if you don't concentrate on the relationship and give it some time and energy, then yeah, then it, 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 it wanes. And it's funny because I used to tell this, I used to say to my daughter, um, I have two daughters and one of them is the extrovert and the other one's the introvert and the introvert daughter, she doesn't need as many people in her life. Um, or so she says, but I think she, I, I really believe her. I don't think she does. And I'm of course the extrovert. So I think there's something wrong if she doesn't think that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I always used to say to her though, to, you know, to, um, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly about concentrating on caring about that person and showing them that you care. So it's a little sidetracked to the piece on concentration, but, but it, it does fit into that for sure. So uh, as you know, I've admitted to you that I have trouble concentrating. I'm all over the map, the squirrel um, syndrome. And would you say that... Um, multitasking is a myth then yeah you know that's a question that kind of comes up for me quite a bit people ask me is multitasking good for you or not well the studies are showing that multitasking isn't but at the same time we live in a world where it's almost impossible even somebody 
like myself, who knows the value of being focused and who has seen the studies showing that multitasking is not the best for us. Mm-hmm. I still have to do it because yeah. just the nature of my work, being an author, mm-hmm. uh, marketing myself, speaking, and everything in between. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we can't be focused while we're multitasking. Because a lot of time when people are multitasking, they're actually doing two or three things simultaneously. It's like they'll be on the phone while talking at the same time. It's okay to be just talking to a person and just spend maybe five minutes just on that and then switch to the phone and then focus strictly on that, like whether you're reading email or whatever it is going on in your phone, and then switch to another task. I find that's okay to do as long as you're not doing like two or three things simultaneously. Does that make sense? Well, it does. Um, but I remember, I, was, I don't know what I was teaching, but in this entrepreneur class I was teaching, I had come across an exercise which, which I tested with the class that was basically saying there is no such thing as multitasking. It's really... Um, uh, progressive, you're doing one after the other after the other, which is what you just actually described. It's yeah. not multi, you can't do more than one thing at a time. And so yeah. really, there's no such thing. You can do things um, faster by um, perhaps the way you do things. It was something to do with uh, writing the uh, uh, the letters A through Z and writing the numbers 1 through 26. And first you did it by doing all of the letters and then all of the numbers and you timed yourself. And the second one was doing A1, B2, and that took longer. Yes. Right? Yes. So um, I don't know. I just remember it being a, a thing that talked about really there's no such thing as multitasking. However, your concentration, I think, gets lost even when you're trying to do it, you know, uh, if you think you're multitasking. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to riff on a couple of things you said. So that is kind of the direction I was going. Like if we do one task and then stop and switch to another and then stop and switch and go back or to do something even different. Yes. That's okay. And it's not necessarily multitasking. Right. But it does kind of become multitasking if I'm doing all those three simultaneously. And it does considerably slow down our speed, as you may have mm-hmm. noted, with the exercise of doing A, 1, B, right. 2. Yeah. And when it comes to still being focused, you know, the real challenge is that we humans, we're a complex, complex set of mechanisms and processes that are going on. And there's multiple processes going on at the same time. So it's easy to just get lost when we're doing one thing, especially in our head and our awareness. We have like our thoughts, you know, running in and out of our awareness. And then we have mental images going back and forth. And then we have feelings springing up. And when all those things get too intense and too, too hyper, it really takes away our focus on what we're trying to do. Totally. So what would you say to, um, to, this, to this example or this statement? So let's say you go 
well, this happened to me yesterday. I was really tired and I was listening to, I was on a, a group uh, program that I'm doing and I was listening to the other people, but I was nodding off because I was so tired. But was I nodding off because I was tired or because I wasn't interested is my first question. And I couldn't focus or concentrate on just listening. Sometimes when I'm thinking I'm, you know, um, uh, like Sunday, I watched the tennis match last Sunday yeah. uh, the, or Saturday, the girls, the women's tennis. We watched it actually after we come home, we had recorded it and I was really into it. But I can't just sit and do watch TV. I have to be doing something, whether it's a crossword puzzle or knitting or something. I have to be doing something else. So what does that, what do those things say to you about concentration? Um, well, there's a couple of things. One is sometimes when we get tired listening to somebody, it means that there's something that that person is saying that we don't want to hear. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There's like something that we are not ready for, we're not prepared for, or it might create change in us that a part of us doesn't want to deal with. That's or, really good. Yeah. So that's really important to understand. When we start tuning out, a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of times it's not because we're necessarily tired, but there's something going on that we don't want to deal with or address. That's heavy. Yeah, that's really heavy. So that goes a lot in, get, that gets a lot into the psychological territory. Sure. Yeah. And then also, like I said, we're not these whole conscious walking, talking beings like we like to think, but to be able to do what we do, like talk and hear and all of that, we have all these different mechanisms and processes going on. And we're not built to just do one thing at a time necessarily. Sometimes we need to engage and keep one part of our mind busy while we do something else. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. And it so um, like a lot of people that I have uh, worked with, they tend to need to be active with their body physically mm -hmm. so they can be attentive with their mind. At the same and, time? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if somebody has trouble sitting still studying, what I would recommend is, you know, reading while they're walking or while they're on the treadmill. That's hard for me to do. I've tried that. <laughs> I'll listen rather than, yeah, in that case. Yeah. And listening is another thing. We can distract one part of our mind that needs to be engaged with music or cafeteria noise. And once that part of the mind is kind of calm and focused, then we can use another part of our mind to pay attention to what it is that we're trying to pay attention to. Hmm. Kind of interesting, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So you have quite a few books that you've written. You've done one on speed reading. You've done one on mind mapping, which is really interesting to me as well. Um, concentration, triple your reading memory and concentration in 30 minutes, goal setting, and the self-talk and visualization. I know that we all um, uh, progress and go, and you know, in our own learning and, and the things that we do, we move into different directions. Which is your favorite thing to talk about and to teach people about? Okay, well, there's a few different ones that I really enjoy talking about, but I think when it comes to 
the fundamentals, the most important technique. You know, I said the most important skill is concentration. Yes. But I think the most important technique that any one of us can learn and apply in our life is hands down self-talk. And the reason I say that is because majority of what we do and who we are, it's, we're not necessarily choosing to do, it's just happening. You know, more than 90% of our decisions and actions are automatic. They're made by the unconscious and we're just acting them out. And which is why it's so difficult to break a habit or it's so difficult to start a new routine because our old patterns, our unconscious is become habituated to a certain way and it's just acting it out for us. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to go against our unconscious mind because our unconscious mind is much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and the more we try, the harder it can be and we can give up. And the reason I like self-talk is actually it goes into the unconscious and rewires you from the inside. And so then it, you, it helps you naturally do the things you want to do without as much effort. And so with self-talk, you create a set of statements of the changes you want to have or have happen. And you repeat those statements on a regular basis, consistently every day. And those statements will go in and change you at an internal level so it's easier to manifest it externally. So I'll give you an example. For example, if I wanted to be a more assertive person, I would affirm statements like, I'm a strong, assertive person. Mm-hmm. I easily communicate my needs and wants. And if I affirm, it, doesn't, it may not seem like those statements would have much effect, but if I repeat them on a regular basis, they will actually seep in inside my unconscious and create beliefs and change me internally, so I just naturally act more assertive. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to force it. It just comes out. And we can do self-talk for any area of our life. We can do it if we want to improve memory, if we want to improve concentration, if we want to have more success, if we want to be better communicators. I mean, any area. So I think that is fundamentally, hands down, the best technique out there for any sort of growth, change, or improvement that anybody could want. Wow. You don't know the timing of you saying that. Um, You've said a couple of really powerful things to me that kind of hit me in the forehead. Um, One was that when you maybe aren't ready to hear it yet, that's that's why your mind is turning off and you can't focus on it. And the other one is what you just said about the what what I call the I am statements, the self-talk. And um, you know that I'm associated, affiliated with a company called Send Out Cards. Yes. And the owner of that company, Mr. Cody Bateman, who's one of my mentors, he teaches a uh, workshop. In fact, the first one was this morning that he's doing now on a Zoom um, platform, and I couldn't be on it live, but I'm definitely going to go back and listen and watch it because he calls it the I Am Blueprint Workshop, and it's about exactly what you're talking about, and I think I've heard his, his workshop. I've seen it in person many times, and every time we get to, like, it's usually part of an all-day process. This is now just focused on it's an hour or something for six weeks in a row or something like that. But, you know, we come to the writing the I am statements after he's done all the build up and everything. And, and I've heard it so many times, you know, write them out, 
verbalize them, say them to yourself, carry them around with you, you know, all of that stuff. Do I do it? No. So what's missing or what I think may be missing for me is something inside me doesn't really believe it. Mm -hmm. Right. But why or what would be doing that? Why am I blocked about it? Well, what's interesting is that self-talk, what we're doing is pretty much saying words. And it's hard to imagine that words can be so powerful that it can create that shift. Mm. But people don't realize words have a lot of weight. I mean, majority of our beliefs and um, identity that we've formed over the years came through words. Mm-hmm. What people said to us and mm-hmm. what we said to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have had unforgiving parents who didn't say nice things to us. Right. Or we may have had some people at the playground say that we weren't cool. Mm-hmm. And even though we didn't actually go out and try out to see if it was valid, mm-hmm. those words became real in our mind. And then we've been acting it out. Right. And so it's one of the reasons a lot of people don't do self-talk is because they just don't think that it can be that effective. But if they realize words are really powerful, it might encourage them to, to take action on it. Yeah, so they, they, they maybe are without realizing doing self-talk, but it's negative self-talk, not yes. positive, right? So um, maybe that's the book I need to read. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, Janice, um, that one is, uh, that was one of my first books. So one of my, my earlier books I really wrote for people who weren't avid readers because I thought the people who really needed help were the people who didn't, you know, go to books sure. or whatnot to get sure. help. And so I made them like very concise, very short, very easy to read. Easy to read. Okay. And I get a lot of feedback. Wow. Like this was really quick, but it gave me exactly what I needed. And so if you are motivated to read one of my books, you know, that would be the one. But I just want to give you yeah. one quick story about the profound effect of self-talk. Sure. Right now, I am working with somebody who is trying to get his business off the ground. Mm-hmm. He is an intelligent person. He reads a lot of personal development books. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of great ideas, great concepts, and an understanding of how to move forward in life. But he just hasn't been able to do it. Um, he's got the terror barrier coming in, like every time he makes progress, he falls back. And he just has, and not just for the past few months, but like for years, mm-hmm. having a challenge to push through just getting his business going. And so him and I worked together and he told me like what he was trying to achieve. So I created a set of 10 to 12 statements for him mm-hmm. that he's been repeating all consistently every day for over the last 30 days. And he has told me he hasn't made this level of progress in his life. It was the statements that helped him get past his old programming, his old ways of seeing himself, and even breaking some of his old habits and fears to be able to move forward. That's amazing. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. And, you know, self-talk was, I'm glad it was one of the first things I came across because me just affirming what I wanted in terms of my healing, in terms of my success, helped me get all of that. And self-talk may not have been the, the key, helped me like specifically, but 
it opened my awareness to see where there might be solutions, where people might be that could help me. And it was all unconscious. It was just like I was led to anything that would help me achieve. Of course. I was trying to affirm. I keep having this vision come up while I'm talking to you of Louise Hay. Okay. Do you know her, her work? You can heal yourself. You know, I've heard of her name, but I don't think I've heard her work. I, I don't think I've come across her work. She just died a couple of years ago, or a few years ago. But um, I, I just remember that book in terms of um, my mother, I think, was the one who introduced it to me. But I remember sharing it with a couple of people who were dying a long time ago. But um, it's one of those books where she, it's about exactly what you're talking about, about visualization, self-talk believe you know what you see what you believe can you can achieve um which wasn't her her um quote but um but yeah it's it's sort of that level of i don't know she just kept coming up for me when when i was listening to you so i don't know i might have to look at that book again too but i'll definitely take a look at um your self-talk book for sure so um, I have to ask you one more thing, and then I'm going to wrap up with a, a final thing that I want to ask you. But I want to ask you, um, in terms of memory, mm-hmm. you know, we're uh, my audience is a lot of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, and you know, one of the most ridiculous, simple things is remembering people's names. It's right. so silly, right? But it's so important, and. In fact, I was going to share this little story with you that I was playing bridge last night and this couple came and sat down at the table and they had name tags on because they were new to the, to the group. And I looked at this guy's name tag and I sort of recognized his face, but I was, haven't been in school for a long, long time, but I knew that I went to school with him. I knew who he was and, and it was back in like seventh or eighth grade. Okay. And I, I run this um, fine line between, oh my God, you're so-and-so, or an embarrassing him because he doesn't know who the heck I am, pretending I don't know, but I have a memory for names. Most people don't. So tell me what your thoughts are on that. About your memory for names or just... About which way would you go with that? And then how does it fit into anything that you would recommend to people about remembering names okay so you know i'm big about all the fundamental concepts and yes. one fundamental concept i said was concentration is the most important okay. skill we can develop. and then i said one of the most fundamental techniques we can learn is self-talk yes well another fundamental concept is to understand not to rely on your natural processes to remember information because as humans, we forget up to 80% of what we hear, see, and learn within a few hours of hearing, seeing, and learning it. Hmm. But that's not a few months or a few days or a few weeks, but within a few hours. And we rely on our memory to remember much more than that. You know, we'll come across a really great idea or an important instruction and think that it's just too great or important to remember. And then we forget. <laughs> And then we'll come across an even greater idea next time or even more important instruction and think that this time it's too great or too important to forget. And sure enough, we'll forget again. And what's interesting is that 
majority of the people, we live our lives this way. We come across great information or great advice and think that because it's great, we'll remember it. And then we forget mm -hmm. and then seek it out again. And then when we get it, we think we're going to remember it and we forget. And majority of the information um, that we think we need, we've already come across. It's just that we haven't been intentional about putting it into practice. And there are all sorts of reasons why the mind keeps certain information, but it being important and great and valuable isn't one of them. <laughs> so it's really important to understand that. And when people can understand that, then they know that if they want to remember something, they actually have to do something to make sure it sticks. Either they write it down or they use some sort of a memory technique to make sure that it sticks in their mind. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I have really good memory too of people. In fact, yesterday I was at a meeting and I saw a woman there who I had seen at a, she did an improv show like six months ago. And I'm like, hey, you look familiar. Do you do comedy? And she's like, yeah. And I was able to like, you know, tell yeah. her what show, her accent in that show and all this stuff. Yeah. And I could tell she got weirded out, like I was some sort of stalker. <laughs> and it comes off that way when you have a good memory. Exactly. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. When you have a good memory, you can remember people really well. They kind of get thrown off. Like, yeah. okay, who is this person? Why do they know? <laughs> That's really true. Yeah. So I think it's good for the people who have the good memories because, again, it's important for the relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if I am going to be that person, as you just described, I might preface it by saying, you may think this is crazy. I can't help it. I have a good memory. Yeah. I just say it that way. And it kind of softens the blow a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So uh, lots of fascinating things. So tell me first, if for my audience, if they uh, were to uh, want to work with you, what do you, what, uh, you have a, a, an online course that you're uh, in the process of uh, launching, correct? Yes. Tell me about that just briefly. Yeah, so the, I have an online course called Double Your Productivity in Half the Time. Okay. And, I, and there's a lot of productivity tools and systems and courses and books out there. But I think we, what we don't need is more productivity techniques and solutions <laughs> because if they haven't worked, then me giving you that is not going to change anything. And I was wondering why it wasn't working. You know, why don't they work? And I came to the realization that our mind is built to keep us from moving forward and making progress. And it's hard to imagine that our mind is built to keep us from yeah. doing the thing, making changes, but it's true. And there's all sorts of reasons for it. And this course delves really deep into what is holding us back, why it's holding us back, and how those things manifest to help us do what it is that we want to do. And, and this course will, should be out in the next week or two. So by the time this podcast is live, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they can get more information on it at mindlily.com forward slash productivity. Okay. And I will put those things on the show in the show notes so people can find you on your website, which is called mindlily.com, correct? Yeah. 
one L L I L Y, right? Yeah, people confuse that. So I'll just spell it out. Okay. M I N D L I L Y dot com productivity or forward doesn't, slash productivity. Right. Um, does does the lily have any uh, significance for you? Yes, I see the lily as like a flower blooming. So like the mind blooming. Mm -hmm. So when we do our, you know, mental work or improve our mm -hmm. mental performance, you know, our mind actually blooms like the lily flower. Nice. That's great. So one last um, message to my audience. If you were to give them one thing to move them forward, one piece of advice, what would it be? Go. You get to do whatever. It'll go back to the self-talk. I think it's the most important thing. So r sit down, write out what changes you want, what it is you would like to have happen in your life, uh, what changes you want in your physical health, and write statements of that as if it, it is true here now, and put it in the positive. So like, I am a strong, assertive person. I communicate my needs or wants. Or if they want to improve their concentration, I have strong power of concentration. I focus on anything I choose. Or if they want to improve their memory, I remember any information that comes my way. So write down statements and affirm them every day on a daily basis. And just watch how things change for you. So in your book, the self-talk book, do you no. talk about how to uh, create those I am statements, those positive affirmations? Yeah, I go into quite detail of okay. the do's okay. and the things to avoid with the statement mm -hmm. because it's really key to make sure the statements are done correctly. I know. I can see the way you said those. It was like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of it that way? I know. It's, yeah. There's an art to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time perfecting that art. In fact, with that book, I wanted to make sure that there was no barriers between people wanting to use a technique and actually getting started. So at the end of the book, there's an appendix that has a list of self-talk statements for over 30 to 40 situations that a person might find themselves in. Whether so I, they, sorry. Yeah, whether they want to give a break an addiction, overcome a habit, improve a skill, start a routine. There's a list of self-talks already laid out for you, and you just pick the ones that resonate with you and and affirm them again on a daily basis. Okay, I, I love it already. And I, I'm seeing your next product, <laughs> right? I'm seeing the box with the I am statements that people pull out that they find the one that works for them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an, an extreme pleasure and a learning experience. And I, um, you've been a delight to, uh, to chat with today. It was a little off my topic of building relationships, but in a way it wasn't because all of this leads to having strong and, and uh, healthy relationships in life, uh, in work, and in pleasure. And um, I think people can learn a lot from it. Uh, uh, from your books and I think that they should go to your website and have a look and can they purchase them from your website or Amazon or where? Yeah. So if they want in my books, they can either go to Amazon and type in my name, Cam Knight, and they'll see all my books there, or they can just go to my website, mindlily.com. There's a link called books and they'll see my books there. Perfect. Or if they want the online course, there's a link for the course as well. Right. Okay. Well, as I said, it was a delight. Thank you so much, Cam. And um, let's do what I like to say at the end of my um, 
conversations. Stay, let's stay connected and then we'll be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share out this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.